gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to That Damn Thing Podcast, episode number 32. Hi, Mike. I see you over there. We are, as always, emanating from beautiful, sunny Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah. It's nighttime. It was sunny earlier. Okay. We're going to wrap up our uh, DCU and uh, Suicide Squad talk now. Because it's amazing we, how that just takes over, doesn't it? Yeah, we, we have a fantastic uh addition for our show this week we got to have a guest on we have an interview with doug appleton who's vfx director at perception perception now, i've now, never heard of that well now now most people are gonna go who the fuck is this guy and uh, because you wouldn't know who he is or what he does or what perception does but i guarantee if you're listening to our show you've seen his work he is the man who's vfx director at the company who does all the ui graphic hud designs and even some of the opening and ending credits for a lot of the marvel cinematic universe films they've done work for dc and warner brothers on batman v superman they've done work for uh the new robocop remake so they they've done a lot of things like that they do a lot of real world applications for other companies too but it's largely we brought uh, uh invited them on the show to talk about all the stuff he does for you know the comic book movies and hollywood and whatnot so is uh it's a super super cool uh thing we could do and have on the show and we're excited to have him so everybody sit back tune in listen to this wonderful interview with mr doug appleton all right ladies and gentlemen welcome to our guest interview spot on that damn thing podcast this week we have doug appleton from perception doug does VSF, VFX work for lots of movies and real companies out there in the world, all that cool tech UI that you see in Marvel movies and some of the DC ones and whatnot. And somebody actually has to make that stuff. So this this is what that guy does. It's a, it's a hidden industry in Hollywood, it seems like, but it, it's really cool. So we thought we would uh, reach out and ask him to be on the show this week. So he has decided to grace us with his presence and join our little podcast. So welcome. Welcome, Doug. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. I'm thank super you. excited to be here. Yeah, thank thank you for coming on. So, yeah, it's, it's it, it was looking at what you guys did and it's it's all really really cool stuff. So, uh, well, get get right in here. Why don't you, you know, tell us who you are and what you do and where you work and all that cool stuff. Sure. Uh, so, my name is Doug Appleton. You guys already I'm the VFX Perception with this uh, small studio in New York City. And, you know, like you said, we work mainly in visual effects and motion graphics for film, uh, specializing in futuristic UI and technology for film, and then taking that and transitioning it over into real-world technology for, you know, some major companies in that space. Very cool. So what? So I, I see. I, I've looked you up on Twitter, and that's how I that's how I initially found you. And we talked. Uh, you, you're the VFX director at Perception. Yep. So what, yeah. what? What exactly? What exactly does your job then entail as VFX director? Oh, it's uh, it's many many hats. Um, uh, as as always. <laughs> as always. You know, because we're uh, we're not a, a huge massive studio. It's everyone sort of is doing everything but what I what I focus on is mostly on the uh, the film part of it you know we work in everything but I in animation design um, 
when we have a, a big enough team, it's leading those teams that are working on the animation design and a lot of uh, less glamorous parts like quality control and you know talking to clients and things like that. But the the fun stuff is you know getting our hands dirty and uh, you know making the fun widgets move. Very cool, very cool. So you guys. You guys didn't get started initially doing you know movies and working with Marvel and Hollywood and whatnot. You guys, what did you guys start off with doing? Oh, we started off uh, kind of in. I don't know if you guys know a whole lot about the, uh, I guess, motion graphics industry, particularly in New York City. But it's a lot of broadcast work. It's a lot of mm-hmm. you know packages for shows, doing lower thirds, doing end tags for you know toilet paper commercials and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, so we started doing that. We started doing a lot of that stuff and it just, uh, you know, the, the boss men at the company, um, you know, Danny Gonzalez, Jeremy Lasky, those guys who founded the company, uh, they are, you know, experts at getting in the door and they just, you know, were knocking the door for Marvel. And we started with, um, uh, our first big Marvel job was a title sequence for I believe it was Wolverine vs. Hulk and for oh, the, the animated the animated show, yeah, or the car. Yeah, the animated movie. one they did. And then there was also a Thor animated one. And we did that and through that we got contacts um for the Marvel Studios. I don't think they were Marvel Studios at the time. Uh but the first job was Iron Man two and you know we designed some stuff for that. Our the big thing that we started we were approached for because of the title work was not the titles but this where they're talking about the history of the Stark Expo and his dad comes on and you know talks about that so we were doing that and then through that uh, I was just like hey what about what about this other thing you guys have what about this other thing and you just started started growing things at them and you know eventually it stuck and that's how we got the phone and we got Tony Stark's phone that whole cool scene he has this glass phone oh, and that then thing bunch, is, that thing is so cool that thing's super cool and like I wish that existed. You know, that's like one of the few things. Like, they show a lot of cool stuff, like holograms and stuff. Like, no, I just want like a glass phone. Like, that would be the coolest thing to have. Um, But from there, you know, we we had the phone. We did a bunch of TV screens. We did monitors. uh, We did that table where he's spying on Scarlett Johansson before he knows she's Black Widow and he's like spying on her. We did that table. And that sort of opened the door for this whole world because from there we had people coming to us and be like, hey, you guys made Tony Stark's phone. What can you do? for my tablet what can you do for my phone what can you do for my tv and it's sort of that's what really opened the door for this whole you know world that we're living in right now yeah so yeah you guys got in kind of early with the the whole you know wave of marvel movies i mean was did this become as much of like kind of advertising for you and your skills as as anything it seems like yeah i mean that's sort of the the way it works we use the films to you know get our name out there get our stuff out there because you know, we can do the coolest sort of tech thing, um, but no one's going to see that as much as the people who watch, you know, the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. You know, we reach such a large audience with that stuff, and then we do our best to get our name out, be like, hey, we made that phone, we made this screen. And it, it really is, uh, you know, it's this passion. We're all huge, huge mark <laughs> over there. So it's uh, it's exciting to work on that stuff. That, that it's It's so fascinating that you guys have this, this niche little uh, creative aspect in these movies. How do you guys go about approaching kind of like these UI and UX uh, 
fictitious designs in order to uh, promote the uh, aesthetic of like Stark Industries. Uh, yeah, you know, sometimes it's sort of a, a twofold process. Sometimes it's they come to us and they have a very specific idea of what they want. You know, they'll say it's, you know, it's XYZ, it has to be this, and work within the, those parameters. And other times it's, hey, we got a cool phone. What can we do with a cool phone? And then, you know, we make a, a cool phone. And obviously we're always looking at stuff that's happened previously in movies because, you know, the big thing that Marvel has is, you know, Stark technology looks like Stark technology. Throughout all the movies, you don't even need to put a name on it. You know that's Stark tech. And that's one thing that's, you know, really important to Marvel is this continuity throughout all their films. You look at everything that's been done, um, if they have any concept art or anything. But then other times we just get to go kind of crazy and, you know, make whatever, whatever we feel like making and whatever. And we do that, but we always try and base it in some form of reality. We always start in a spot, in a spot where people have phones now. People have touchscreen phones. People have smart TVs. You know, people are smarter now. They know what looks real and what looks fake. So we always try and start with something that looks real and then sort of future fi it from there. Right, yeah, because, I mean, everything looks very, you know, uh, understandable. Like, you, you could reach out and actually use this, but, you know, as as with, like, the, the, the glass phone or the holographic displays, it's there's this kind of interface that's, like, you know, slightly ahead of where we currently are, and, well, what are the potential ways to, to utilize those, you know, future interfaces in a way that still makes sense to people today? Yeah, it's, you know, we can't make it too crazy. You know, we can't have someone be like, oh, you know, he's just using it with their mind. And then that's really boring because someone is just mm -hmm. sitting there thinking and things are moving and that's not very exciting to have on screen. You know, so we always try and think that, you know, we're 10 years ahead. We're not so far ahead mm -hmm. that it doesn't make sense to anyone anymore, but we're far enough where people can see that it's going to happen, but it's still really, really exciting and new. Yeah, it, it's it's all just seems to be like right around the corner. Now, when you when you do all this kind of futuristic, you know, UI and stuff, how does that dovetail into some of the actual real world applications that you guys do for uh, some of your clients? Yeah, you know, I think it, it works really well because it's uh, everyone wants to be well. First, everyone wants to be Tony Stark. You know, who doesn't <laughs> want to be Tony Stark? So it's a great way to get out there and get people to come to us and be like, hey, we want we want our stuff to stand out from the rest of the competition. And a lot of these companies haven't worked with people like us before. You know, and we come at it not from a all right, what are the, what are the what are our limitations? We come at it from a different point, thinking, all right, what can we do that's new in this space? And let's worry about the limitations for this stuff later. And we always try and go kind of pie in the sky and then scale it back. Uh, because at that point, you know, we know we're doing something that that's exciting and, and fresh and we're not starting from a place where we're just kind of limiting ourselves. Right. Yeah. As long as you're, you're pushing the boundaries, you can always try to find a, a way to, to implement your concepts uh, as opposed to, you know, being limited to, you know, a, a, spe a specific box. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, like I'm personally not the one who has to uh, worry about making it work. So, <laughs> you know, I can, uh, so, so you can go way off the cliff then. Yeah, we can go way off the cliff and then it's up to you know someone else. We're like, oh, okay, hold on. 
you know we don't really have holograms yet, right? And it's like, okay, fine. We'll, we'll figure out that stuff later. I don't care. Make it work. <laughs> yeah, right? I said holograms, damn it. Hey, we got Tupac as a hologram. Come on. <laughs> if we have Tupac as a hologram, we could have anything as a hologram. Yeah, when is that going to be implemented in my iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> but just specifically Tupac. I don't want any other hologram. Yeah, just, <laughs> just the Tupac I, hologram. I mean, <laughs> forget Siri. I want Tupac. Yeah, I, I feel so as though you know, like uh, Windows 95, you had the little like toolbar buddy that would just like walk across your toolbar. I just want that with Tupac on my iPhone. <laughs> like, like Clippy from Office. Yes. Yeah, less annoying. <laughs> I feel as though with Dr. Dre working for Apple, we can make that happen. Right, he is. You know, so we should, uh, yeah, we'll put out a phone call. We'll, yeah. <laughs> make it happen, Doug. <laughs> well, now, now, Doug, specifically about you, how did you get to where you're at? How did you get into this industry? Where did you start off? Uh, well, I, I mean, first and foremost, uh, I would say I got incredibly lucky. Um, I don't want to uh, <laughs> understate that at all. Um, I started off really into, uh, you know, cartoons, 2d animation, character stuff. I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to work for adult swims, basically what I wanted to do. Uh, I loved Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I loved how stupid and funny that show was. Um, and that's what I wanted to do. So I was in school, I was studying for that and, um, took a class for doing more, 3D animation stuff, more 3D character stuff, um, and got a job, and that's what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be doing 3D character animation, that sort of thing. We don't really do that. You know, we do these other things, but the skills transferred a little bit, and you know, from there, I've been with these guys for uh, over six years now, and it's, you know, I was with them when we were doing broadcast work, you know? And I've just been like incredibly lucky to be with this company that's put themselves on this trajectory. I think we gotta get in touch with Adult Swim and tell them that they launched a man's career <laughs> with Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> yeah, you know, just let them know Aqua Teen Hunger Force, uh, Harvey Birdman. Uh, yep. You know, we know all. We well, know we're all familiar. That stuff. I just don't know <laughs> yeah. if I've ever heard the line. If it, pretty much just saying, if it wasn't for Hunger Teen Hunger or Aqua Teen Hunger Force, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. You know, my, my mom is like, you know, you can, uh, you can still go to law school whenever you want. <laughs> like, no, mom, I'm making stupid cartoons. Yeah. I'm following my dreams. I'm making a meatball talk, mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't get it, mom. <laughs> no, she's been, they've been uh, incredibly supportive. So <laughs> I joke around about it. My mom's like, yeah, you know. Well, there's there's no, it's easy to be su supportive of success. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> They still don't know, have any idea uh, what I do. I'm what, like, you what, know the, the blinky things on the screen? I make those. I'm like, okay, so you like made Iron Man's armor? It's like, no, not not that stuff. <laughs> no. I didn't do that. Like, so like Pixar? No, not like Pixar, Mom. <laughs> and it's basically the same conversation with everyone. No one really uh, understands what it is. I'm like, oh, I worked on Iron Man. Like, cool, you made a suit move? I'm like, nah, I didn't, I didn't do that stuff. I'm sure you get tired of trying to explain it to everyone. Yeah, remember that one intricate uh, thing? Yeah, I did that. I don't remember that. Well, I did it. Yeah, I did that that cool thing. You know, the thing that showed, like, the plot of the movie. I did that thing. Oh, well, that's awesome. So, out of all, I, I guess my, my next question I was sitting there thinking about, I was looking at all the stuff that you worked on. Is there, like, a, 
like a like a favorite project that you've done so far working with your Marvel or whoever that you oh, guys have worked man. on? Uh, there's probably two. So one is um, we'll go with the oldest one. Um, I got to work on uh, the character of Arnim Zola for Winter Soldier. That was and very cool. We nice. designed and animated that character, and it was, you know, that thing took like a little over a year to do from concept to final, you know, final, final shot out the door. Uh, but that was just so much fun because now that wasn't, that was sort of getting back to what I, you know, originally wanted to get into, which was character stuff. And that was, you know, designing a character that now is in Marvel canon. You know, that's what Zola looks like if they want to do Zola. And that, that was super exciting for me. And I, like, I got an old Zola toy and, like, put the new face on the toy and that's sitting on my desk now. <laughs> nice. Probably the first one. And then that was my first uh, named credit in a movie, too. So that was super exciting. That's a nice feather in your cap. Yeah, right? A, a lot of times we, just, like, a com- we get a company credit in all the movies, but we don't always get individual credits. And that one was a, an individual credit. So that one was really exciting. We'll put the Blu-ray uh, in and look for you. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> going to be buried between the hundreds of thousands of other people who worked on the movie. Um, and then the other one, the most recent one, um, and it's how you found me because I favorited your tweet, was the new Marvel Studios logo that they just unveiled at Comic-Con. That is uh, very cool, by the way. We, yeah, we just we made that thing, and that was that's so, so, so exciting. I don't know if it hit us while we were working on it like how huge that thing is and you know we're like oh we're just making that thing it's in front of the movies it's a big deal and then we're like they showed all the other logos and we're like oh this look like this logo is going to be on all the posters it's going to be on like the dvds it's going to be on everywhere and they showed like the hats we're like we got to get hats now um that's you know that could honestly be like the biggest thing i have worked on and will work on because that's going to be the next five years easy of uh, the next you know ten Marvel movies that that's going to be a so it's uh that one's probably the most exciting one yeah I mean Marvel Studios has become one hell of a brand over the years you know to to the point where it it did need its own imprint of Marvel Studios it is not just Marvel it's its own entity and has you know the hell of a trajectory. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they really do need to, you know, separate it from the Fox movies and the Sony movies. Like, you know, they're their own their own thing now. They have characters that they're not making movies for. And this is like, no, this is branded a Marvel Studios movie. You know, you're going to get what like the quality that you expect from a Marvel Studios movie. Right. I mean, a Marvel Studios movie, you know what it's going to be for better or worse, and people can debate that, you know, left, right, and all over the place, but it, 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 it Marvel Studios stands for a certain type of movie and a certain quality that you're not going to get from other Marvel properties that are at other studios. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they're on, like, the same, the same tiers. Like, when you see Pixar in front of a movie, you know you're going to get a good movie. The worst Pixar movie is still better than, you know, half the other movies out there. Right. I mean, yeah, Pixar, Marvel Studios, it means quality and it means yeah. success. Absolutely. 
I might be a little biased since I'm a huge. That's all right. You're allowed to. Fan before all this stuff, I'm like Marvel's the best. Uh, don't worry. Marvel's you're speaking to the choir when yeah. it comes to Marvel. Yeah, I'm the resident Marvel apologist here on our show, so don't worry about it. You're good with <laughs> okay. me, man. I'm surrounded by Marvel's Phase Two movie posters as we speak. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Um, one I wanted to talk about because I was you know, looking at uh, all the stuff you did, and probably one of the coolest things in any of the Marvel movies, you know, credits wise, uh, the Avengers Age of Ultron uh, oh, credit yeah. sequence that that big statue that ended up being created. Holy crap, that thing was cool! And I'm coming through and see what you, you know what you guys do, and you guys designed that, and it was like the entire credit sequence was done by you guys. And yeah, talk, talk, talk about doing that one because that that's amazing. That one, that was another really, really exciting one because that one wasn't, you know, uh, just a title sequence that you know, you're going to title sequence that are, they look great, they're really pretty. But this one was, you know, we get to design, you know, we didn't design what the characters look like, but we got to pose them, put them in their heroic poses, and build that that statue, and that was really cool to work with everyone at Marvel on that one, and you know, really come up with, you know, the best pose for Captain America if he was supposed to be you know, memorialized, like, what would he look like? What would be the best thing for him? What would be the best for these other characters? And that one was, that was awesome. You know, we did everything on that one. We got all of our, our models and stuff from the studios that were working on the, the film itself. So, you know, we have models from all the major studios like ILM, those guys who are using the digital doubles. And we had access to that to, to build this thing. So that was really cool. We didn't have to, you know, build them from scratch. That saves a little uh, bit of time. Yeah, a little bit of time. It, and it's like there were 10 Avengers and like 60 sub-Ultrons or something like that in that statue. So it saved a little bit of time that we didn't have to model all those guys from scratch. Yeah, but that, that whole sequence was fantastic. I, I don't know of a single person that saw that uh, sequence and then didn't go, I want to buy that. Yeah, that was my very first <laughs> yeah, time. I, like, I know. Can I pre-order this Can now? I put that on my desktop? <laughs> Yeah, we were so we were um oh I feel we were working I think we were in the middle of uh we're in the middle of I think Batman v Superman when Comic Con happened and I saw that they had like built the statue. Oh wow. And they made like a physical thing and like dropped everything. I was like, It's real <laughs> guys, it's real and everyone's like, Oh, what's real? We don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, the statue we made, it's real. I'm still waiting for them to actually sell it because I would buy it. Oh, I'm sure there's plenty of people that would. I will make yeah. room on a shelf for it. <laughs> it's been, it's been, I think, what it's been like two years now since they show that off. They're probably like, I imagine that's something that's not going to actually get made. It was for Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately uh, not. It's not like yeah. they, it's not I mean, like they want more like, money. I don't know how much this thing costs? Like, it is mine. It's going on the dining room table. <laughs> it's the centerpiece of our house. Every, Welcome to Thanksgiving. Uh, yes, it's, that it's, is Marvel. It's like every holiday going forward. It's our centerpiece. It's the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, we just put like little Santa hats on it. A little <laughs> around it. We just it really. I think it dresses up well for any holiday. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I wouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> yeah. But that that thing was really exciting, and I, I wish I could get my hands on the one that they had at Comic-Con, but that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> I imagine that's on some you know someone much more important than me. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Feige has it on his headboard above his bed. He's, he's, <laughs> he sleeps under it. <laughs> he hangs his hats on it. Yeah. <laughs> now, you said earlier that um, the studios sometimes come up to you with ideas, and they said, this is what we want done, and you guys have to make it happen. Has there been anything that the, the studios have said, 
this is what we want, and you, you pretty much had to come back and go, that, no, we can't do that. It won't work. Um, we're usually more gentle than, uh, <laughs> no, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there are times, and they're always a uh, Marvel in particular. is like an incredible collaborator where we'll be on calls with everyone at Marvel, you know, if we're on with, you know, Feige and those guys and directors and it's a really, really constructive back and forth of like, hey, we want to do this, we want to do that. And they're very quick to be like, no, 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 yes, 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 no, no, yes. And like, all right, next thing. We're like, oh, okay, super efficient. That's great. So, so they um, have a good vision of what they're looking for. It's, it's, you know, they, have, they have a clear direction. Yeah, they always have things that – uh, we could do because you know sometimes we do really small things that are in the background that we're like oh no one's really gonna care about this and then we'll get you know detailed notes on oh it should be this this and this and so yeah they're they have a very very clear vision of what it is that they're looking for now how is it you guys worked on batman v superman how is it different working oop, how is it different working on a Marvel film versus a DC film? Not that I'm expecting you to bury one or the other. <laughs> no, it's in terms of uh, actual, you know, working on it, it's very, very similar. There's different people involved, but that, you know, that changes from one Marvel film to the next Marvel film. We're working with different producers, different directors. So there's a different, uh, you know, process with that. It's, it's really similar, you know, um, they were great on the stuff they did too. We had a lot of fun with that. And that's another one where we got to work on like really key moments of that movie. Like we did a lot of Batman's interface. We did Lex Luthor's interface. Um, we did the, what everyone is calling the teasers for the justice league security camera footage stuff. Right. Right. Um, and that was cool. So we were like, Oh, this is what the flash is going to look like. This is what Aquaman is going to look like. And no one knows this yet. <laughs> so, uh, that's, so that's how Lex got the logos. It was you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw someone tweeted like, what designers did he hire for that? But at the time, like we can't really say a lot of this stuff until, you know, DVDs and Blu-rays come yeah, out. Yeah. Just to bite our tongues. But I like that. That one got sent around the office. So I know we were looking at your site, and it says you got some movies that you haven't put out um, details about yet. But like you got uh, Doctor Strange, you guys are working on. What what kind of concepts did you guys, if you can say, obviously, did you are we involved in that in that movie? Uh that's I can't. Uh, I can't say. I think <laughs> I think I'll get shot if I say. I know that's the uh... <laughs> the Disney snipers are waiting. Yeah, on yeah. They're list- They've already <laughs> tapped this call. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they just perch. I think on any person that's worked on something, they have one person waiting outside their window. <laughs> you have an assigned assassin just yeah, in case. Assassin on that. They have the scary mouse watching you. Yeah, <laughs> that's one. Yeah, I obviously uh, okay. can't say, but that's going to be. Are, are you able to say any of the other upcoming Marvel slash DC films that you're in at least talks with to uh, help out on? Uh, no, no. <laughs> it's not on the, uh, on the website. That's people who, you know, nah, are nah. higher up than I am. Get the, uh, call on when to say what we're working on. Yeah. No, yeah, that's fine. But so, it's cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, no, no kidding. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's been a really cool, uh, 
it, 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 it's, it's been an interesting insight in, yeah. into this, in, into your, your niche of, of these movies. Yeah, as, uh, as insightful as I can be, I, I feel like it wasn't that insightful, but thank you. No, it really opens up with the little things sometimes that you don't pay attention to and some of the big things that you didn't realize were done by guys like you. And especially like the, the Avenger statue, it's just a marvel and it's really just kind of cool to get some ideas about how that works. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of people don't think about it. Like I was saying earlier, when you see someone holding a phone, like someone spent a lot of time designing that phone yeah, yeah. for that, you know, two-second shot in a movie. You and have to make it feel real and get the point across. And, and that's all the stuff that really gives a film depth, that the world exists beyond the story that we're seeing for the two, two and a half hours or whatever, that there, there's more that goes on. Yeah, it's the thing that really fills out. It fills out the world when you see, you know, someone like Tony Stark. His tech looks the same for the last what eight movies that he's been in. You know, you can tell like this world exists outside of what we're looking at, mm-hmm. and it, and it grounds everything, and it makes things relatable to to our own world when we see a newscaster in a, a movie, and you know, all the the crawls and stuff on the screen look similar to something that we'd see in reality it it kind of creates a connection and an empathy between our world and the the film world yeah it's something you know that that we have a particular i think leg up on that stuff because we did do that stuff for a very long time we did a lot of broadcast packages so when you're you know looking at you know batman versus superman you see a a crawl in the lower third of those movies like it looks real because you know we really did real things like that for a long you, time. you were the guys doing it yeah so yeah lex court would go to you guys <laughs> they would they might come to us and be like hey design our interface and what does that look like how does it work can you design the interface for our death machine <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah right it's like uh yeah so uh, hey i'm this super evil genius what kind of interface would i have nothing too classy but nothing too over the top right it's like, like my, my got, henchmen aren't too smart, so we need something intuitive. <laughs> yeah, we got just what you need, buddy. Yeah. You got these uh, superheroes kicking around you need logos for? We're on it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we don't know what this lady's called, but make her logo like a WW. That'll fit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what it stands for, you know, but it sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, we didn't design the logos, but yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I know. I... <laughs> hey, Superman, you need an upgrade on your Fortress of Solitude? <laughs> Yeah, you know, just the guys. I, yeah, I like to think that uh, that Batman and Superman are just uh, you know going back and forth. Like, hey, you got it? You need a computer or anything? I got these guys. Yeah, I know a guy. <laughs> I, know, I know a place. Yeah, I, know, I knows a guy. Yeah. Well, awesome. I think it's it's been super cool having you on. It's been very insightful and revealing about this. You know, little like I said earlier, hidden world of you know movie making and film industry that you know doesn't get a lot of spotlight on it. But it's it's a really cool, neat thing. So I was. Happy we could have you on and talk about it. Yeah, anytime. So outstanding. Well, yeah. After after all, the next round of Marvel movies comes out, and we can talk to you about it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, after after the next round, I'll, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll let you know. I'll be like, hey, it's out now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could talk about that phone we made. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. After Doctor Strange comes out, it'll be like, okay, what'd you do? <laughs> yeah, which which part did you make? <laughs> yeah, well, Blu-ray comes out. Okay. Yeah. That's one of the frustrating things. Is it's not just waiting yeah. six months for the movie to come out after we've finished working. It's 
you know, then waiting another six to eight months for the Blu-ray to come out so that we could tell people that we worked on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, the best we got is like a picture of our credits in the movie and be like, hey, we really do stuff. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> I'm not just sitting around doing nothing for 12 hours a day. <laughs> oh, awesome, man. Well, thank you for uh, spending some time with us today. It's been fantastic and hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, anytime. So, yes, we're back. It was a fantastic interview with Mr. Appleton. We thank him greatly for being on the show this week. It was a lot of fun. We learned lots of cool uh, information about the very niche industry in Hollywood and filmmaking that otherwise people don't even think about. You know? It's kind of glossed over. Oh, absolutely. You, know, you, you see all that stuff. And you don't think about it. But really. you don't think about who well, did it. Yeah. yeah. You, well, just, you, just, you just appreciate it and you move on. Well, and, but it's, when you learn more about it, it's really kind of cool. Yeah, and, you know, and the best stuff is the stuff that blends in that you don't really think exactly. about. It, it doesn't stand out like, oh, my God, that looks horrible. It's like, oh, that looks really cool. It's like, oh, I wish I could play with stuff and, like that. And what's great is they can take all of that conceptual experience and apply it to real world. Yeah, like a holographic life. Tupac? Yeah, like, like the holographic like Tupac. Holographic Tupac, absolutely. We're, I want that. <laughs> on our iPhones. One second, let me just pop up. What's up, Tupac? <laughs> oh, this has gone back <laughs> off the rails again. <laughs> it was fucking horrible. So with that being said, that will be our show this week. We thank everyone for listening. As always, find us at our website, thatdamnthing.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Rate and review. Please do that. Listen to us on Stitcher. Discover us with Google Play. Find us on Facebook at That Damn Thing Podcast. Why are you staring at me? Follow us on Twitter <laughs> at That Damn Thing PC. Find me on Twitter at Jason R. Loomis. Mike, where can anyone find you on Let's Twitter? See, I got to remember this again. TDT underscore SG Mike. Hey, hey that's he remembers. He does. And Chris, where can anyone find you find on Find me on Twitter interwebs? at That Damn Chris. And that's it. No that's other places. It. All right. Got Mike got his nipples out. So it's time to end the show. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. We are out. <laughs> <laughs>